Welcoming back for another episode. Boy, oh boy, does he have a good one fired up. All the way from a one-stop light town in Bodette, Minnesota. He stands at a very handsome, stunning, very cute six foot and one inches. They call him the Lion King. His middle name's Augustus. He's with the Detroit Red Wings organization. Now it's Alexander Lyon. Alex Lyon, how are you? Fellas, it's an honor to be on the podcast, and I'm doing good. Things are good. How's uh, how's New York City living? It's good. It's good. It's uh, it's kind of a grind, uh, but uh, we're hanging in there and just trying to enjoy the summer uh, the best I can. So um yeah life's pretty good now you you bring up an interesting point you say you you're trying to enjoy the summer but can you really enjoy the summer in new york city um it's it's weird because everybody leaves you know i'm sure detroit's gotta be like that too where everybody's going to the lakes doing things so it's kind of empty in the summer but it's hot but uh there's just always stuff to do. Like you just have access to everything, which is why I like it. Um, but man, is it tough living when it gets to be 90 degrees in New York city and it is sweltering. So there's some pain involved as well. It's like New York city in the summer has got to be one of the most miserable places because it feels like the (laughs) buildings insulate the heat somehow. So when you're walking, like if you walk to New York, like blocks, you're just you're soaked. You're you're leaving. There's no wind. There's yeah. no wind. They break all the no wind, wind. So there's no wind at all. Right. Zero no, wind. You can't see the sun because the the buildings are high in the sun, but you can feel it, and it's just like you're <laughs> in the oven. So. Yeah, it's it's pretty hot. It gets to be hot, but uh, um, like I said, there's just so many rich people swanky things to do which i'm certainly not one of those people but i like to enjoy and participate in those activities yeah, so yeah. that's ultimately why i like to be around um, do you golf i do, golf, I do golf um it's definitely hard in the city that's one thing i was just gonna say I, I cost i literally just watched uh of like tw- i don't know if it's twitter or instagram but i literally just watched a video and it was of golfing in new york city and it was like a two hour wait just to get just to get like a cart and it was like uh like your your tea time was pretty much guaranteed push back three hours i was just curious if you ever had any experience like that but yeah um it's brutal like getting tea times and just going at the right time of day and everything is so ridiculously expensive the one thing i the one thing i will say about new york city is uh like i so being at yale i was only 45 minutes from the city. So we would come in the summer and it was, it was the same impression. Like it's brutal. You lose all your money. You're usually hung over when you leave, you feel terrible. You never want to come back. But living here is a completely different experience. Like I just live in a six block radius and don't really see that many people to be honest. And, and one thing I really like about New York is for how many people there are, you can go like, two or three days without talking to anybody because nobody, everybody just like coexists and equally just is annoyed by each other. So nobody really talks to each other. You kind of just go do your business, go to the grocery store, check out, don't say anything to anybody. It's like a social pact. 
Um, and I like that. You don't have the Midwest niceness, I guess, is the best way. Yeah. No, that's for sure. Uh, what uh, what what city are you living in? Manhattan or Manhattan? Yep, I live Upper East Side. Um, okay. And we bought a we bought a place here a couple of years ago when during COVID when it was like you know the city everybody's moved the city's gonna die blah 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 um, and so I was like all right this seems like a good time to buy an apartment. So it it worked out good. We've been living here for three years now. And my girlfriend, I mean, I, I'm saying all this like I actually enjoy it. Like my girlfriend lives here, so I really have no choice. This is just something that's been forced on me. I would love to live on a lake in in Michigan or Minnesota, you know, <laughs> in Bodette. Such is the way of life. Yeah. Well, I don't know about Bodette, but yeah. <laughs> um. I got another New York question. Do you ever, ever go to those weird wild clubs in New York City and Brooklyn and stuff? Like, like, what do you mean weird? Like ones where you just like yeah. chain to the wall and like <laughs> weird stuff like that. And I'm see the thing is though, like w- the listeners are gonna think like I'm asking about some like BDSM room, but like it's not like yeah. that. But I've heard about it through the guys like the two pods, I, the other podcasts I listen to. I only listen to this one, but if I have to put on another podcast, there's two from Barstool. <laughs> And I always hear when I like listen to the yak, they always joke about how they like, you know, people have invited them and they go to these uh, clubs in Brooklyn and I've looked them up because I've been out in New York City. Like, I love going out in New York City. It's so much fun. But like, there's some weird fucking places, man. And like Brooklyn and uh, where else are they? It's what's just. Yeah, I mean, I've 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 heard of them. Yeah, I've heard of them. I I don't frequent uh, clubs too much. And to be honest, I don't really like going out in the city because that's just like. $500 down the drain Um, immediately you walk in the door and you drop five yeah legit like sometimes you actually have to drop like 300 bucks just to get into the place yeah I went to a I I went to a charity event on Sunday we we were in the Hamptons this is a perfect example went to a charity event and my I kind of got roped into it I'm not going to say what it was but it was a $250 a head fee for like bacon egg and cheese breakfast sandwiches and I'm just like, what What are we doing here? What am I doing paying 250 bucks for this, for being hung over on a Sunday and grinding through this? Like, I just, so that's, those, that's the crappy parts of New York, but uh, there's a lot of good things too. Absolutely. Um, what was I going to ask? You ever skate at the Chelsea Piers rink with the roof? I, I've never skated there. A lot of my, <laughs> a lot of my buddies playing men's leagues down there. Um, I've actually never been in the Chelsea Piers. But have you been in Chelsea Pierce? I guess it's a pretty cool spot. My uh, my buddy coaches the Cyclones out of there. So huge, huge U16 team. They're an up-and-coming single-A team. So just look out. I just wanted you to be in the know about that so you don't miss them. Okay. Well, actually, I'm pretty dialed into that that life because I don't know if you're familiar with the North Jersey Avalanche Yes. out of New Jersey. But I skate with all of those uh, – New Jersey kids like every single day all of these avalanche kids and they're always talking about like Long Island Gulf but it, the, that whole world is is insane I can't believe how big that that youth hockey uh thing has gotten like it's just bonkers um like the the money and and kind of just like the business side of it all it's, but it's pretty it's pretty crazy it's funny too because I feel like I, like a guy like me that grew up playing like triple a and in like Cleveland, whatever Midwest you want to say, 
Mm-hmm. Like I look at like Minnesota high school hockey and I don't under, I feel like I don't understand Minnesota high school hockey fully. And I'm sure like th- that's probably how you feel. Like you're a Minnesota high school guy and you look at like all these AAA kids. And that, that being said, I feel like even depending on the region of trip. And I mean, I have, you might even be able to speak on this too, but I feel like depending on the region of AAA, like it's a little, like, I feel like the way we do right. things in, in Cleveland is a lot different than the way things are done, even like out East or, or, uh, in Detroit or whatever. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, yeah, go ahead. I don't, I don't understand. Like, like you said, I grew up in Minnesota high school, so I don't understand any of that. Yeah. Like, like the whole AAA landscape, whether you're, cause Omaha is different, like the way that they play their games and the way that they do like NAPA. I don't know if they're doing that, like the AAA youth and like, you talk about out east. Out east isn't high school hockey; it's prep school hockey. So you're not playing yeah. AAA there; you're doing prep school. And then in the summer they do AAA tournaments. So I don't know. The, at the, the at the bottom, at the base of this argument, though, or this this conversation, regardless of where you're playing youth hockey, it's all the same. And somebody's buying their way in. Somebody's paying a little bit more money to get Johnny on the ice. Uh, somebody's right. buying the ice and doing a donation. So like. I like you hear about it even in Minnesota high school hockey, like the politics that go on and prep and triple a. So regardless of where you're at, hockey is a disaster. Youth sports I'm, is a disaster. I'm, I'm, I've been really surprised at the willingness of parents to put their kids into uh, online schooling. Mm-hmm. That's one thing oh, that's really everywhere. surprised me is like now it's just like, Oh yeah, I'm just doing online school. I'm 15 going to be a sophomore. I'm entering the online school thing. And it's just like, I mean, your high school experience, I feel like, shapes you. I don't know. I mean, what's your guys' opinion on that? You guys probably see that way more. I don't really have any interaction with with that too much, but it just seems like it's it's kind of kind of wild that parents are so willing to just like take their kids out of social settings. I have a good story, and I can't give too much information, <clears throat> but a player, a kid that I uh, somebody deals with that I don't uh, win a different direction because the parents who come from like Ivy league schools uh, or something like that, they're very highly educated. One of them was big 10. One of them was another, like uh, I think Ivy league, they went a different direction because they wanted their uh, goalie, their hockey player to go to high school and play hockey through, not through high school, but like go to a high school setting, go to school every day, play hockey afterwards, practice, do all that stuff but they wanted them to get like a, a, I don't know if we should call it a traditional, but like a, a regular, but a, a regular youth experience where you're meeting uh, guys, you're making friends, you're meeting girls, you're trying to like date girls or whatever, date somebody. You're trying to do all those things and like have like a normal upbringing. So as you become, right. as you, you get older, you have like a normal life where, like you said, there's kids here and it's a, I, I'm not a fan of it here, but there's two or three academies. Those kids go to online school. Um, there's a buddy of mine. We talked about this, Mike Capel, shout out capes, take your shot photography. He's like, they don't get to meet anybody that's different from them. It's all a bunch of rich mm-hmm. kids that are playing to play hockey. They don't meet kids from different backgrounds, different, you know, education statuses, like whether they're smart or whatever, they're not meeting people that are different from them. And it's like, you know, it's not, the horizon is very small there, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, it's, well, and then you look at it from the lens of a goalie and it's like, all right, well, everybody in the world thinks that goalies are the weird, weirdest, strangest people on the planet with no social <laughs> skills. 
and you plug them into a situation where they, like you said, don't have to interact with anybody, don't have to figure out. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not trying to bash it. Like, there's some super, like, highly intelligent parents here that are very comfortable with it. So maybe, maybe it's fine. Maybe the kids turn out normal and successful and it doesn't impact them at all. But I mean, I'm sure like you guys, like I just think about my high school experience is one of the most like vivid life shaping times of my life. And it's just crazy that so many of these players don't, will never have that experience. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Lion, we do have a, a long list of questions from a kid from Omaha that has the ins and outs of the entire city and a little bit of your background. And uh, Painter, we're going to kick it over to you. I want you to run, right. with, run with what you, you got here. I got a bunch of questions because I grew up watching you play at both the Mid-America and Ralston. <laughs> so Great. Three. <laughs> I got to open up. How much of a banger is the goal song? Like, Oh, it's, it's the best. It's the best. You, you can never I get mean, tired of it. No. It, well, it's so synonymous. Like with all the Omaha, do they do they still play the Heat is on there? Yes, they do. Oh, they have to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's great. It, it's it's just that is Lancers. Lancers is Heat is on. So it's like you said, it's just memories galore. But I, I before we even before we even get into the Lancers stuff, I do have to preface this conversation by saying the Lancers made the playoffs for twenty five years straight, and I was the starting goalie on the team that did not make the playoffs <laughs> on the 26th season. So I feel on some level, like I did let down the Lancers uh, while during my time there. Um, that's okay. I do appreciate you like prefacing that and like giving us some background <laughs> info, but I will, I have to fight this. The heat is on is an awful goal song. No, <laughs> I had a kid that like, when we were playing roller back at school, we went to nationals and they were going to give us a goal song. And the one kid who played in the NA and bragged about, I'm in the null, dude. I was here. I had so many D3 offers, but I wanted to come to Michigan State and play roller. All right, dude, whatever. He kept bragging about how sick the Heat is on song was on. And we listened to it. I'm like, this is, this is awful. This isn't, I don't yeah. get fired up. I'm not juiced. So sorry, Lion, to shit on your, your, uh, well, your memories, I, but. I think. I think that we all agree that it is a terrible song. Like I would never listen to it in my free time. I love it because it's the Lan Lancer special. But in ter if we're just talking in a vacuum, yeah, it might be one of the worst songs going. Perfect. But all right, moving on. Painter, go with, ahead. <laughs> with that loud horn. All right. So did you ever crush Maria's Tacos if you had the chance? Maria. Maria's Tacos? I don't think I... I'm not sure I'm familiar. Damn. They're at Ralston now. They're unreal. It's the best. Um, I, I, I think that I, I always was jealous in Omaha because I didn't go to high school there. And I was just there for two years. It was like a... I actually did go to the community college there, which was pretty You went wild. to Metro? Uh, yeah, I went to Metro for two years. <laughs> took a few classes. Not banged out some Yale credits um, that none of them transferred. What a shocking surprise! <laughs> oh but, no, the uh, community was, college didn't did grads didn't transfer to the Ivy League. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. The, the, well, the, the, the Omaha, Nebraska community college. 
And it, well, the, I mean, yeah, it was, it was a mess, but it was one of those really like, Oh, we're going to try and see if we can transfer these in. Never happened. Ended up just like, not going to the last three classes because Yale was like, yeah, we actually can't take these classes. So I just paid, I don't know, whatever it is, $5,000 a class to go to Metro and then see you later. But it was a good time. Again, talk about uh, shaping your life experiences, going to Metro definitely put some things in perspective for me. There's some, there's definitely gotta be some creatures running around there. That's for sure. (laughs) Metro alums. Evan Payne, yeah. Alex Lyon. <laughs> <laughs> Good spot though. Nice, nice campus. Beautiful campus, dude. Were you on the uh, one building, the Fort Omaha one, or were you out in? Where is it? Um, well, I would. I was. I was on. I lived on Forty Second and L. I think. Uh, okay. Like right near the Ralston Arena, like a minute away from the Ralston Arena. So I don't know where we would have gone, but. Uh, it was, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that was like 12 years ago. I don't really remember it that well, if I'm being completely honest. But, um, Old. All right. I got a coach yeah. question for you now. Yes. You had Lee Mendelson as an associate coach. How is he and what was, and did he work with you at all as a goalie? He, uh, he didn't work with me much as a goalie, um, but I... I was kind of at the point, I mean, that was my first stop outside of high school hockey. So I didn't really understand what was good, what was bad, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but Lee was always a very to the point, straightforward, no BS kind of guy. And I didn't really understand that at the time. And like, he would have difficult conversations with guys where I was like, Whoa, this is, this is kind of shocking. And, um, I now looking in retrospect was like, dude, that's the guy that I think the Omaha Lancers probably need a little bit more of that now. I mean, and I don't know how the team is doing like on a year to year basis, but just kind of seems like the organization isn't held in quite as high regard as maybe it used to be. But I think Lee is a fantastic guy and uh, will tell you the truth and tell you very pointedly, which is pretty rare, even in per- even in professional hockey, it's that's a pretty rare quality to have. When you say he was asking like the hard hitting or like tough questions, what do you mean? Like, was he being direct with guys and just telling them why they weren't doing well or why why are you not performing, kind of thing? Yeah, and like our coach might have been like, "Hey, like, I, I get. I mean, like, he's the kind of guy who would be like, hey, 'Hey, you're in terrible shape. You need to get in way better shape if you want to.'" Or like, hey, this is, you need to do X, Y, Z to get to the next level and succeed at the next level. And when you're 18 years old, that's scary. Like, it's a pretty scary thing to confront and and understand. And it's like, oh my God, people are actually taking note of this and caring about this. But like a lot of times people treat 18 year olds. I mean, as you guys know, like in, in real world everywhere, it's like people people who are willing to say the truth and, and tell you exactly how it is to your face, that's pretty rare quality. And then to do it with a bunch of 18 and 19 year olds, that's an even more rare quality. So I, I really appreciate that. And that was kind of my first taste and experience of that. And uh, I've really grown to like that style 
And I, and I just feel like at the end of the day, that's what makes me the best version of myself. Not somebody that's going to tell me what I want to hear, but somebody that's willing to tell me exactly how it is. For sure. So I, I really like that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's like few and far between nowadays, I feel like. And I think you said it best. There's not a lot of people that just tell you how it is anymore. Right. And like even, even, uh, you know, I mean, I think athletes, I think today, especially like athletes have so much power and like the, I think just Twitter has made it that way or social media or whatever, you know, like there's so much visibility in every sports. And it's like, if something fans, a lot of times will support players now versus whatever, 20 years ago, it was all about like, here, this is my team. This is my franchise. If you suck at playing for my team, I hate the player. I don't hate the, the team. And I think that's kind of flipped. Obviously, like the NBA is so deeply player oriented, but even hockey now, I think, is switching a little bit. Um, and so, like, you can find a lot of front office. They're just like, um, say what you want to hear, kind of. So I, I do like that personality trait. No, I mean, I think we talked about that uh, maybe last week. Like a lot of coaches will, you'll come in, like kids will come in, like at that level of junior trying to figure out how do I get committed? And they'll ask a bunch of questions. How do I get up on the like second line? How do I get on, you know, PP2? How do I do this? And they'll be like, oh, well, we're, we're, I'm going to work in there. You know, just keep working at it. Well, I'm going to find room for you. It's like, that does the kid no good, you know? So. Right. Yeah. And like, there's, there's a good way to go about it. Obviously I, Lee is, Lee can, you know, he, he's a very hard headed, stubborn guy. So I think that, you know, it's difficult to relay that message at times if you don't know how to present it in the right way, but, but yeah, it is, it is necessary if you want to succeed and move on to the next level for sure. Yeah. Painter, what else you got? Uh, we talked about this before recording, which rink did you like more? The mid America in council bluffs or Ralston? Um, I, I liked the mid America just, I think probably because I had, Oh, I mean, it's tough to say when we got into Ralston, it was like, Whoa, this is state of the art. Awesome. Beautiful building. Um, I think that there was just some contention in the city of why are we moving out to Ralston? Uh, should let's stay downtown. This is how it's been forever type of thing. Um, but, but so it's just kind of like two different two different things. Um, but, um, I really liked that big arena and I just remember like having some great memories there playing against Lincoln, Lincoln still absolutely maybe my favorite rivalry I've ever had in my entire career. Um, I love playing against Lincoln playing in Lincoln. Actually, Lincoln is one of my, I still tell everybody it's we're going to take a real quick break from the show to talk about one of our presenting, uh, sponsors here. And that is easy crease. Take your goaltending development to the next level by giving your goalies a crease every drill, as they should have. I'm sure you remember when you were a kid, you're doing half-ice stuff, and you have no idea where you're at. You're lost, no man's land, wrong turn at Albuquerque, you know, stuff like that. Easy crease quickly and easily gives goalies a crease anywhere on the ice. It works great for small area games, goalie clinics, or just anytime your goalie doesn't have a crease. Be sure to order now at www easycrease.com spelled exactly how it sounds or check them out on Amazon back to the show but, uh, yeah I was just saying Lincoln Lincoln's a great place to play yeah really 
why was it one of your favorite spots? Uh, have you guys been to a game in Lincoln? Painter? I haven't been I to haven't. a game. I haven't Blazer? been to a game, but I've played on the ice. Yeah, so they, they just... Lincoln is just like, all right, everybody there is extremely banged up. The glass is super low. It's only, I think it's only like 3,500 or something, but the seating is super tight. And uh, they're opening intro, they play Thunderstruck. And as it plays, there's like these lasers. It's like a pretty brutal laser, laser show, but when you're 18 years old, you're like, holy <laughs> this shit. Is this is so crazy. sick. <laughs> yeah. It's got the drop down star. Yeah. Yeah. And so they have this like massive, I don't know, was like 20, 25 foot tall star that like slowly drops down from the ceiling as they're playing Thunderstruck. It's all black in there. Everybody's just loaded. And I just remember those are like some of the best experiences. I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about it, but those are some <laughs> of the best experiences I ever had because it was just like, wow, these people want, well, and the other, I mean, I don't think it's like this anymore. I was actually staying with the Lincoln guy a couple of days ago, but when I was there, it was like, Guys like Brent Tate, Dominic Shine, you guys might know him. He's been on Grand Rapids for a long time. That guy's a nail gun. Nails. Mike McKee, yeah. he's, actually, he's a Michigan guy. They just had monsters who were all willing to fight. Like in the USHL, even if you're willing to fight, that kind of makes you a tough guy, you know? Like, I don't, I don't know, like in retrospect, how tough the players are, but those guys were all just like, we got five, six guys who are willing to Zach Aston Reese played for them. And it was so intimidating and so terrifying. And like, we would hear stories that these guys were like smoking cigarettes on the bus on the way to games and stuff like that. And we're like, Oh my God, this is insane. So it's just kind of like Lincoln's got like lore in the USHL a little bit. Um, but I, I love playing there and I just love the rivalry. I'm not a fan of that rink, personally, after playing at it. It's it's an interesting barn. It is a barn, literally. It's a barn, and it's a little greasy, a little dirty, but sometimes it kind of just makes it the, the atmosphere amazing, too. Unbelievable. Like that's the character that's like the character of everything. I mean, I, I never been there, never played there, but you give me like think about like how how even when we had Howie on, he was talking about like the Joe versus like Little Caesars Arena and just oh, like the yeah. the grease factor of the Joe like made it so cool. Like just yep. knowing that like fucking I I mean obviously Iserman still walks the halls of LCA, but like Iserman and fucking Gordy, you know, Gordy, like all these guys play. Ted Lindsay, Gordy, they would just wander around and like post game. Be like, oh, Howie, how are you? And just start talking to him. Like, yeah, unreal. Exactly. Yeah. Unreal. Right. Right. Like, the building can add that. Like, uh, I, it was like this year when we were playing in TD Garden in the first round. Like, everybody was like, oh, how crazy was Vegas? Like, definitely a crazy place. But TD Garden, there's just something about it. Like, you're driving through Boston. People are flipping you off. It's just, it gives you a little bit of a different vibe. And it's just, I, I really like that. I, I've always appreciated that. And I know there's nothing more that lights the fire for you, Lion, than people giving you the bird while you're on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It gets me going so much. Exactly. But like, that's why it just lights that fire in me. I love it. Yeah. All right. Let's see. I got to pick. Um, did you ever have the pleasure of practicing or skating at Moto McLean Ice Arena? 
that yeah. tiny, tiny barn. Yes. Yeah. We would practice there maybe like five or six times a year. Um, and Moto McLean, I think he died in 2011 or something like that. I don't know. You might he died in even like 16, maybe 17, 18. Oh, really? So more recently. He, okay. He was yeah. kicking for a while. Legend. Legend, though. Legend. And obviously his jersey's up in Omaha in the Raptors. So I don't, he's kind of one of those guys that I don't really know that much about him. And when I was, 18 years old, I didn't care that much about it, but I remember skating at Moto McLean Ice Arena, and I just remember everybody was like, Moto's an absolute Omaha legend. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was always a good experience. He's a beauty. How hot is that rink? Oh, the hottest. hottest. It's Omaha. It's so hot. hot in the summer. It's humidity factory here. Right. The right, rink right. is hot. The ice is so incredibly soft, and the paint in the ice you can't see. So, if you're playing like beer league, you've got like a seventy-five percent chance to always be offsides. <laughs> so, like, there's no, there's no white, or or like the lines. There's the no colors. Lines the they redid it like two months ago. Right. You can't see anything mm-hmm. again. It's, it's already gone. It's miserable. <laughs> Yeah, what is what is? I'm just out of curiosity. What is the state of Omaha hockey? Like, is that? I mean, obviously, hockey seems like it's getting more popular and bigger everywhere. Is that also the case in Omaha like for youth programs? Youth programs are starting to get better. The AAA program was a wagon for a while, but it's kind of slowly tapered it off because now like, it's like called mm-hmm. the mastery, and it's like here or there. Uh, the youth travel and select stuff. It's more than ever. There's like five or six, maybe seven teams per division that you can travel with on any given week. It's it's bolstering for everybody else except for the goalies. Wow. And 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 so like is is hockey Nebraska game scene or is it Nebraska it's, Iowa kind of feels like one of those places that might be one of the last places that hockey like really arrives. Yeah. It's getting it's it's starting to get a lot of leeway because UNO is one of the best teams every year. And they're always fighting oh, in really? the rankings. So that's bringing more. And then you've got like Lincoln, you've got, uh, you got, what is it? Tri-City. And then you've got Omaha for the three teams that pushes uh, like the small youth programs to each of those areas. So it's getting a lot of kids into hockey. And then the beer league scene is growing crazy which is coming from all these kids that don't go anywhere because they played in the house league like I did. So it's, right. it's starting to go somewhere really good, but there's still some things that need to be done in Omaha for it to really take a stride. Is that, is that arena at, you know, pretty good. I haven't, it was just in Dalton when I was there. But is that pretty it's good, pretty good. unbelievable. Wow. It's a Wi-Fi yeah. pit though. You can't really do much for, connectivity <laughs> but it is a sick arena it's really really awesome yeah it's so much better than what what was the name of the, the big the big one down the, there? Uh, the quest center quest center yeah and that was almost like what twenty thousand people so that was like that is just wasn't even fun to watch a game there really that place was awesome hey al do you have are you on speaker right now 
Yeah, can you not hear me? My headphones are, uh, my headphones crap out of me, but here, I can try and switch headphones quick. Yeah. yeah, if you could try, it's either that or go to regular phone. It just has a little bit of echo to it. Yep. Painter, you got one more you want to ask? Yes. Okay. I've got a two-parter for your former EQMs, one at Yale and then one at Omaha. Do you still keep in touch with either of them? And how great a guys were Bill Nervig and Jeff Torrey? I think he's grabbing headphones. Give oh, him one shit. sec. Fuck. Um, so at about 36, I got to cut it. That's fine. I was just trying to make it sound better because it sounds like we're in an echo. There we go. Can you hear me? Oh, this is my mint. Mint. Yes. All right. Perfect. My I last actually don't have any audio on my sorry, I don't have any audio on my phone. I have an iPhone 7. So my phone no, there's no there's no, no fucking way you're lying. No, you're I lying. IPhone 7. No. That's impressive, actually. Yeah, hang on. Let's go back and count the years. How many years pro are we? One. It's a lot. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, eight years pro and we're still rocking a seven <laughs> crazy yeah. when did the seven come to, out <laughs> it was i got it when i was at yale and i have to like angle the charging cord you know how like when the jack gets bad after a while you have to like do it at a certain angle it's it's an absolute mess but i just don't care i i i, I hate my phone and i refuse to spend money so iphone seven until it dies that's it <laughs> the, the, it came out in September 16, 2016. The, on Google, people yep. also ask tab says, is iPhone 7 good in 2023? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. It's the answer is yes. All right. The answer is it does get the job done. And at least it doesn't have 5G. So you're not melting your brain when you have when you hold it up to your ear. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's my rationale too, I guess. Um, Painter, what's your last one here, Chief? Alrighty. This is an equipment manager question for your former guys. So you had Bill Nervig in Omaha and Jeff Torrey at Yale. How was your relationship with those guys? How great were they? And do you still keep in touch with either of them? Uh, I do. I keep in check, touch with both of them. Uh, I think that, well, I mean, as you guys know, like your relationship with your equipment manager is your lifeblood. So you got to like treat those guys like gold. And then, I mean, those guys in medical staff. So I've always had a really good relationship with equipment managers. Um, Bill Nervig was actually like the medical, the, uh, like the, the tech guy. So like he would do like all of the on screen. Wait, was that the Omaha guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He yeah. did. At, he and was so- like everything, wasn't he? He worked like in the front office too. <laughs> everything. He did everything. Everything. He did medical, he did equipment, he did, like like I said, just everything. So he was actually kind of a, uh, he, just, he just had a lot going on. So it was like, I didn't develop maybe quite as tight of a relationship with him. But definitely, I would say the guys in pro that, and Tori was awesome too. Tori's the man, I still talk to him all the time. Um, but like the guys in pro, I would say that the equipment managers are some of my best friends. And I mean, you guys know this, you deal with them all the time, but those are, they're great guys. And like I said, if you treat them with respect, they'll, they'll treat you with respect back. And I I really like those relationships. To add to this, uh, all three guys, um, absolutely fucking, I don't know the word for it, but I'm going to use a door to you. Uh, 
in Florida. They could not say <laughs> enough boys. good enough good things about you. Um, <laughs> and uh, trained the man. Well, I was going to say, T-Train wanted me to let you know he's proclaimed himself as your favorite equipment guy. So, uh, so there's that. <laughs> those guys, those guys are great guys and they have such an interesting dynamic. So the, I mean, and obviously like nobody else who would ever listen to this and all these guys, but like Teddy is the main equipment guy there. And he's like got a, such an interesting, subtle, like kind of subdued personality. Yep. which you normally don't see, especially like coming from Nasty in Philly, who was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the exact opposite, obviously also an unbelievable guy. But I love how Train carries the like weight of the social status in the locker room and Teddy can just like chill and do his own thing. I, th- I always thought that was so funny. Yeah, does, does T-Train really fire the boys up? Oh man, he, he, he fires the boys up so much and like... I mean, Train got one of those personalities where it's like, if you're coming into the rink every day and trying not to talk to anybody and trying to be super dialed in, like you probably don't interact with Train that much because he's number one social chair. But um, I love just keeping it loose, especially like he has a really good feel for like when guys want to keep it loose and when they want to kind of keep it a little little tighter. So uh, I, I really like that. He's a really really good guy, really smart. Uh, got a really bright future. Well, that's the other thing that I don't think fans like listeners back home realize is like your equipment guy. Like we talked to Meech last week. They're not only like, you know, uh, sharpening, doing repairs, ordering, making sure you guys are ready to go. But like they have to, like you said, with T-Train, you got to feel the vibe, right? Like some guys might need a pick me up like in a slump, you know, they might need better vibes. They might need a little more positivity and some guys need to be left alone. So you never know. Well, the inter- the interesting thing I was th- I thought about like equipment manager is like there's probably two hundred guys lined up to take his job that would love to take his job. Oh yeah. And, like realistic realistically, like a lot of people just in a vacuum could do those things like move gear, pack gear, stay on top of stuff, stay organized. Like there's a lot of people that have those capabilities, but it's a lot like being a player where it's like you have those all of those guys bring something to the table like Dakota is the same way he's just a man he's even great guy every single day you know exactly what you're gonna get so like the demeanor of those guys I would say is some in some ways almost more important than like the demeanor of the players and like how yeah. those guys fit in the locker was so incredibly important yeah well yeah because too the other thing is if you guys are in a shitty run or shitty vibe and then you come in and you you got a grumpy equipment manager and you go in lying and you ask for socks or you ask to get your skate sharpened and he's like yeah dude i'll get to it when i can it, it spreads yeah. like a cancer right like you get upset oh, yeah. and then you go on the ice and somebody rips one by your ear and then you let him have it and tomahawk a guy like it's just it it, it, it yeah. snowballs. so well um, in, in like going up and down too i would say that's where i experienced it the most is like hey i just got called by the gm i gotta be on a flight in two hours how can we figure this out in the best way and yeah. so like that's for me is super important. Yeah. Um, with your time in Florida, like you finished the year there, there's so many other questions I got to get into with this, but, uh, first question, how was Las Olas? Pretty sick. I, I, Las Olas was awesome. Um, I'm, I'm not a heat guy. And so that right off the bat, just like (laughs) so Midwest, it made, yeah, it really, I really struggled to, uh, adjust to the heat. And so like 
even going for a 15 minute walk, like one of my game day routines is going for a walk, 15, 20 minute walk before. And it's just like, it'll actually wear you out when you're in Florida and it's hundred degrees and 80% humidity. So like, I'm not a huge, Oh, I love the beach kind of guy. But that being said, being in Florida and being like, like Los Olas, such a nice vibe, go down to a nice restaurant. Um, and so, yeah, that was great. That was great. I gotta look it up. Me and my buddy, uh, whenever I'm down in Las Olas, there's an Italian spot that's so fire. Um, I gotta pull yeah. that up. Yeah. They they have a bunch. They have like I mean a million good restaurants down there, and it's a weird. It's Florida's kind of an that area is interesting because they got Fort Lauderdale, and then like my, Miami's only thirty minute drive away too. So so close. you have really all all the options that you could ask for. You ever go to Cafe Europa? Oh yeah, that's uh, that's the boys' number one pregame spot. Yeah, so good. Ekblad has gone there, I think, like every pregame for like five years or something like that. So, yeah, great spot. <laughs> and then, dude, I just, uh, can I go can ahead. I just butt in for one second, just because it made me think of it when uh, just hearing Ekblad's name when when uh, I the clip of like Kepka. Uh, <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. Dude, yeah. yeah, the the clip of Kepka holding up the pylon, like how did how did he actually feel about that? Did he take it as a joke or was he actually like rattled? No, well, he was I mean, it was definitely a little contentious. Like he he he's obviously been around, so like he knows how to handle it. Doesn't bother him too much. But that at that point in the season, we had played Toronto at home. We were like 10 points out of a playoff spot and it was like just you know shit getting piled on and piled on and then that happened and like it's just like dude brooks what are you doing man like you know how <laughs> bad it is when stuff gets bad it's super difficult to like deal with that what like what come on man like have a little respect for the game here but they uh he actually placed a bet on him i think that brooks won he won like to the PGA a few weeks later or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something. I, some, I one know, of those, yeah. U.S. Open or something. But uh, X put a bet on him to win, and he won like twenty five hundred bucks or something like that. So <laughs> it kind of got reconciled a little bit, and I don't think that Eck uh, will ever hold a, you know, think of him fondly. Maybe, but it's kind of they kind of buried the hatchet a little bit. Yeah, I. I I just remember seeing that and and I mean that's like you feel like a I mean I you like kind of you alluded to it like you think a golfer where it's so easy to be singled out as a golfer and you know kind of get torched like that and you'd think maybe he would he'd he'd be a little bit uh a little bit on the side of okay maybe I'm not gonna draw attention to this guy and like because I mean obviously all eyes are on you guys and all eyes are probably on the the big time golfer that's sitting in a suite, you know, yeah. you think maybe he'd know <laughs> that, but I, uh, no, I, I just, I, I had hearing Ekblad's name made me realize like jar my memory yeah. and I figured I had to bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he's, I think it's X like 10th year pro. So like he, he knows what to go, like what to worry about, what not to worry about. But I mean, the, the thing that I was wondering was like, how the hell did this guy get, a three foot traffic cone into the arena and nobody <laughs> yeah. stopped him. Like you've got to know through the security, like, come on, you got to know what's coming down the line here. 
Well, not only that, how did security let him in? He's wearing like a like a Guido jumpsuit, no shirt underneath, just quarter zipped <laughs> up. Like, what is what is Brooks wearing? Why he actually he he is a big Panthers fan. There, he come came to a lot of games, and um, I think like a lot of the boys have played golf with him and stuff like Probably. that. He lives in Fort La- Fort Lauderdale, so maybe it was less. I don't know. I, I was just a scrub, so I I wasn't really dialed into the social scene. Um. What about Kodak? Speaking of fans, you ever see Kodak Black up in there? No, never. Oh, I, I mean, I saw him on the screen one time, but he never, uh, he never really came down or anything. Like once we started getting the playoffs and stuff, I think that the they lock it down. Everybody, yeah, everybody was just like, we're gonna try and keep this as normal as possible. So we we were pretty much just like in the work tunnel the whole time. We didn't really have any interaction with those people. Yeah. Um. The other thing I got to ask my buddy, shout out Jack Rooney. He said, have you ever, do you remember it's right next to Europa uh, Piazza Italia? You know that spot? Oh yeah. Yeah. Great spot. Yeah. Yeah. He said that uh, on a Thursday, Friday night, you roll in there. Some, uh, some young mother might end up uh, giving you a little back scratch on the way out. So, oh yeah. I mean, that's Fort Lauderdale to a T. You go to Moxie, <laughs> Cougar Central. On a, on a- on a Friday night, like, uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, there, if you're into that type of thing, that's, that's the place for you for sure. <laughs> so uh, I'll shout out to the listeners. Uh, if any of you are looking for uh young moms to, uh, you know, looking for a sugar mama, uh, Las Olas in Fort Lauderdale is the place to be. Um, yeah, sounds like, yeah. that sounds like one of those, like, uh, that sounds like one of those, uh, those pop-ups that come up when you go down like a wormhole on like a, on like a streaming site, like looking for, looking for hot moms in Miami, Florida or whatever. Lost laws is for you. That's exactly it. When you're pirating movies. Yeah. And then the other thing is like, is your bank account over $1.5 million? Because they won't talk to you if it's not. Yeah. Your net worth has got to be sweet. Yeah. They're like, yeah, hey, exactly. Hey, Pull up your Bank of America app. Let me let me uh, let me take a look quick before I start it, start engaging with you here. It doesn't matter what you look like if you got the bank account. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um. So I don't know. I didn't organize this well because it's been a scramble of a day. But I gotta. You're you're coming to Michigan. You're coming to the Midwest. You're coming back home. I gotta quiz you on some stuff. I gotta. I I want you to know more about what you're walking into. So you don't just walk in blind. You're an educated guy. You know, I want you to stay that and keep that wrap. Okay. Okay. So, uh, in terms of chips, are we, are we going better made or are we going Lay's? Lay's I think, right. I I don't even know what better made is. Is that a Michigan thing? (laughs) You're all for one man. Better made chips. It's an Italian (laughs) owned company. I'm pretty sure they're tied to the mob or they used to. If not the guy who runs that place is Nate. He signs the bags. His name's Sal Cipriano. They're, why you why are you saying why did your uh voice accent change like sal cipriano from <laughs> better made lit chips just like a south, south side chicago accent they're always they're always tapped in they're always listening so you got to put some respect on that <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll keep it in mind have, we can't see it because he's got the green screen on but he's got a gun to the back of his head right now <laughs> <laughs> this is all just the a bomb for better podcast yeah. Um, Alex Lyon. Alex, sorry. Um, let me give you your full name. Alex Augustus Lyon. Uh, what is, what goes on a Coney dog? 
Pony dog? Oh man, is that a Michigan thing? It, yes. like, that sounds very New York to me. Nope. Nope. I, w- I would. All right. If I had to guess, I would say mustard. Um, is that correct? Is that one, my one for one yeah, so far? One for one. Okay. Okay. So I'm one for two overall. Okay. So every condiment is another point. Okay. Um, relish. <laughs> Fuck. Right. Nope. God damn. Take another guess. I have no. Uh, and then I would probably say ketchup to top it off. Mustard, relish, and ketchup. Holy! Is it co- okay. is a coney like a skyline dog? I I think it's along kind of the same lines, but uh, you when you go to a Coney Island and you go to get a Coney dog down in uh, Detroit here, you're gonna get your dog on your standard bun, not toasted, just kind of squished, probably from the cook's hands. They're gonna lay some <laughs> uh, some really uh, pretty brown, standard brown chili, uh, mystery meat type chili, oh, some mustard. You got mustard, and then some onions. And, oh, uh, I mean, Coney, because Coney Island is like right next to Manhattan. So I feel like maybe that, that's a Michigan ripoff. Yeah. You know what? Uh, if they don't have a Coney dog there, then I don't know what they're doing. So we'll have to do some investigating. Have, you know, gosh, I have to, I, sorry, I'm, I'm completely going off a tangent, but talking about Coney makes me think of it. I think it's, we do it stay at Mish State. We would stay at like, I think maybe the Hilton. It was and Leo's from, Coney like, Island right below it, baby. Yeah. Dude. Grant Michigan guy, Grant Gabriel. This guy had a steel trap for his stomach. That's he'd, what it does to you. <laughs> he'd dude, he'd skip pre he'd skip he'd skip pregame meal. He'd skip pregame meal and then he'd go down oh. to Coney Island and he'd get Coney dogs for his pregame meal. And then his I mean his senior year, he was probably our best defenseman. He'd he'd go out there and play like 35 minutes. <laughs> with, Coney, with with fucking coney dogs in his stomach i'm like are you fucking kidding me grant i i couldn't believe it oh. he, dude he he eat mcdonald's before games mcdonald's i've never seen a guy with a stomach like him oh that's awful but it's also like a gift i mean that sounds amazing at the same time lion i'll text you some pictures while we're going here um detroit deep dish what do you think is different about it compared to the standard deep dish pizza Deep Detroit deep dish. I don't like regular. I lived in Chicago for a year and I don't like regular deep dish. So there's no way I'm trying Detroit deep dish. No, 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 no. That's where we stop you right there. Um, when you go to Chicago and you get a deep dish pie, it's like, it's like getting sauce on top of bread. And then you, they, like they, they cut up a meatball and they threw a meatball in there and they're like, Hey, here's a pizza. It's not good. Yeah. It's no, not good. What is that? I want my cheese on top. Detroit deep dish pizza was invented during the auto industry back when they would like, you'd be on the line (laughs) being fucking blue collar, putting together a Ford, you know, a Ford F-150, the OG metal body together. (laughs) And you'd take a, like an oil pan nearby and they filled it with bread, which would make your crust through cheese oil in it still with the, with a little, uh, (laughs) a hint of oil for flavor seasoning. You throw that on, uh, they would do an open fire. And then they throw sauce and pepperoni on top after the cheese is melted. And it's delicious. And whenever oh, I see you, I'll take you good. out. We'll get you one. We'll get you a Coney dog, whatever. Um, that sounds awesome. I, I also really love that. It's like to- I love talking to people from the Midwest because everybody takes so much pride in blue collar. Like just, oh, man, you're working at the Ford factory. You're slapping together some greasy stuff. You got some oil on your hands. 
Last weekend, I was in the Hamptons, which is the least blue collar thing ever. You couldn't be fucking further from it. They flew in on helicopters. I know. I was like, I was walking around and I was like, yeah, this is way too white collar for me. Like, I was, I was being the joke into the ground. Like, we need to get more blue collar here. I want to go shovel some dirt or something. Like, fuck, let's, let's get out of here. But let's go I dig love, a trench, buddy. Yeah, just because and for no reason at all. Let's just go fucking dig one. Let's go, boys. Yeah. Al's, so Al's mask this year. Al's mask this year is just gonna have like different union logos on it. It's gonna have like a UAW <laughs> UAW logo on it. Fucking uh, Teamsters logo. Detroit Iron Workers thirty nine. The Masons. Perfect. I, I feel like I would really ingratiate myself to the fan base if I if I did that. Oh, dude, you oh, pick yeah. up a falling like you would not believe, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um okay so just so you know i'm not even gonna ask this question this is a uh, you know i'm just gonna give you a standard answer it's uh it's pop here it's not soda so i don't know where you're at in your life you've been you've been a lot That's of places too. no no i'll be pop guy forever pop guy forever good news um uh fago or verners wait what was the first option fago or i Verners? don't know i don't know what you I don't know what either of those are. Okay, he's trick not, question. He's not the insane clown posse. <laughs> trick question. The the correct answer was both. Um, so you got to sort <laughs> what, that shit out. What are those things? They're both soda. There's soda pops. A Verner's is a ginger ale. <laughs> Fago is a Detroit made company or a Detroit made pop. Again, owned by some mobsters, and they have multiple flavors. But yeah, it's it's a Michigan staple. I, I really think that there's only one right answer for a ginger ale, and that is a Canada dry in uh, 10,000 feet in the air on an airplane, a nice crisp ginger ale on the rocks. I feel like that's the best way to enjoy ginger ale. Yeah. Is that in your Delta one seat too? That sounded pretty white collar there. Lie. <laughs> no, no, no. I usually get like the second or third row back just to make myself feel good, but um i actually did recently fly back in a uh, nice first class seat so i can't even i can't even dispute that one coming back from the hamptons too in your pj yeah tough life actually was, i was in i was actually in italy uh two oh. weeks ago so yeah I was excuse us first class on that, so yeah excuse <laughs> us um <clears throat> well, well this isn't going to be a question. We got to purchase purchase you some buffs. That's got to be a staple here. But uh, February thirteenth. Do you know what day or what significance that day has? February thirteenth, yearly, annually. No, no clue. Okay, that's Punchki Day. It's a Polish tradition. It's a big donut oh, that's basically all bread with a little bit of filling. <laughs> but people go nuts for them here. Um, I love them a uh, thousand calories per. So again, it's one of those Midwestern <laughs> things that makes sure, you know, a got to steal trap. Got to get tough blue collar. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm like a fat kid at heart. So I feel like all of these <laughs> options are just like huge calorie meals that you have to suffer for like five days afterwards. So it might all be off the table. <laughs> uh, Detroit's going to, we got to get you on a five year here for Detroit now. Um, <laughs> Lion, what was on Eminem's sweater? Oh, probably I would say an Eminem. <laughs> Dude, I come mean, on, man. No clue. No clue. It's mom's spaghetti, man. Come on. Did you not watch Eight Mile? Oh, on that was vomit sweater. Oh, of course. I thought it was yeah, vomit, yeah, yeah. bro. Yeah, he yeah, he threw up mom's yeah. spaghetti on his vomit. sweater. Oh yeah. yes. Oh yeah. 
I'm 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 very familiar with that one. I'm very familiar with that. Okay, it didn't is seem that, that in the, is that in the pregame? Is that in the pregame Spotify playlist? No, no, that would I would go crazy. I would be way. What? I would be breathing fire. What kind of what kind of shits in your uh, in your in your pregame Spotify playlist? What what do we got? What's like a typical like you're getting off the bus pregame to stare into a cameraman's soul when you're walking in? <laughs> what's playing? What's playing in your AirPods? Uh, it's uh, a good question. Uh, pregame, I like to go Kygo, simple, mindless. Maybe some oh, yeah. a beachy in there if I'm trying to get the heart rate up. Rest in peace. Uh, but typically, typically I'm more of like a, uh, uh, alternative, like I, I like to play guitar, so I'm into some, some weird shit, but I've actually lately, I don't know if you guys know the song flowers by Miley Cyrus, but I just heard that one for the first time like two weeks ago and I am loving it. <laughs> Great song. When you say weird stuff, what are you into? Um, I'm trying to describe it like bluegrass. I love playing bluegrass on the guitar. So I've recently got into like hard steel string, bluegrass, oh, yeah. banjo. Do you stuff like Cole like Chaney? That. Have you nope, ever heard of Cole Chaney? No. Moiser, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a lion's number. You got to send it to him. We'll get him hooked yeah, up. I would, do love, that. I I would love to get in. All right. Hey, uh, Lion, they call Detroit the Motor City. Is that for cars or boats? Oh, that's that's cars for sure. That's Henry Ford's backyard there. Hell yeah, brother. Everybody you're that. dialed in. I was just trying to make a boat motorboat joke, but but yeah, you're <laughs> dialed in. Um, all right. Before I get into any of my serious questions that uh, Moiser kind of touched on already, Loose Hands uh, from Charlotte. Ooh. Chris Fournier wanted me to ask you, what does Loose Hands mean? Loose hands. Loose hands is just the the single biggest key to being a professional NHL hockey goalie. Okay. Okay. That it's just if you can achieve playing hockey, because everybody when they get anxious and tense, their hands clench. Yeah. It's, it's either their jaw or their hands. Like when you're playing goalie, and like you're stuck in a very uncomfortable, difficult situation, your hands are always the first thing to clench. So basically how, what I've done to counteract that is I just live my entire life on game days with loose hands. And so I just walk around like with dinosaur arms and like my hands are just like falling off of my arms. But then that's just how I play the game with zero tension in my hands, completely natural. I don't even like think about them during the game. And if you just like live your entire day that way, then it just like goes right into the game. And so it's like a secret hack kind of loose hands. I actually shouldn't even be saying that it's like proprietary information, but yeah, it is. It, it actually works. Painter, the producer, cut that, cut that, make sure that gets out. Don't, don't let that get out actually, there. We'll cut that. Actually, that's these are my hockey finder games now. Now Painter, we'll, we'll make sure it stays hey, cut that, cut that, cut that. And then what we're going to do <laughs> is we're going to, we're going to sell it as a master class and we'll just all split the profit. Alex, that's him staring into the camera, it just says loose hands on the top. That's all we need. <laughs> I, I honestly like we we should get that going because I tell everybody like, hey, if you can skate, I could turn you into a Division One goalie in six months. I <laughs> truly believe that. I think goalie is so much easier than people give it credit for. There's just like a couple <laughs> tips and hacks and tricks that you employ, and you're good to go. That's it. 
All right. As so long as you can deal with the pressure. So here's the thing. At the end of the day, um, if you if you really think that's true, when you get here to the Midwest, we're going to have to do some lessons with Moiser, and then we're going to get him back into pro hockey. How's that sound? Perfect. Yeah, honestly, I, I honestly I need to test it. I would love to. <laughs> here we go, Moiser. You're going back, baby. We're in. I'm back. We're back. Um, all right. So I had to recalibrate this. This is all a while ago, unfortunately, but. Alex Lyon went six one and one. This helped the Florida uh, Panthers accumulate thirteen out of sixteen possible points in the standings. They needed them all. One regulation, you're out. Uh, Lyon, just r- r- real quick for us, go through what that stretch was like for you to get called up at the end of the year. Like you said, you're up and down all year. Things are all over the place, but you went on a fucking heater, and it was so much fun for us as like Vaughn to watch, but as fans, it was really cool too. What was that stretch like for you? It was awesome. Uh, I mean, as you guys know, you guys can relate as goalies, but I just went on, got hot at the right time. Could literally could not have been a better time. And uh, yeah, it was just one of those that, that just happened. I mean, I can't really explain it. It was actually pretty brutal at the time because it was I was just working so hard to like, all right, the only way that this is going to end is if the outside shit starts impacting things on the inside. So I was working so hard to like avoid talking to my parents, avoid talking to my friends. I would have like 70 texts after the games. It was just like, I cannot respond. I can't start to go down this like train of, of thinking. And so I just, and I was just like tired at the end because I was just trying to like stay dialed and in the moment the whole time. Um, but obviously, you know, all the things that come with it, like fame and hot girls and money, you know, that's all it makes it all worth it at the end. Oh, man. Hell yeah, dog. That's what we're all in this for. That's Rock what the podcast is <laughs> for. Yeah, um, that's what we're all in it for. So, I mean... So I'm kind of curious then because I'd fire you a text after a game and I get a I'd get a response. So like, I feel like privileged. I appreciate that. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, I like I I, I like texting people who understand what's going on, you know, and like how it's happening on the inside. But it's like I would have people who I played 15 year old summer hockey with texting me like, "Hey man, this is Kevin. Like, dude, I've been your biggest supporter for your entire career." Like, so happy you finally got to the NHL. It's like, dude, you just hockey DB'd me. You probably saw me on TV randomly or something or, like, scrolling across the ticker on NHL Network. And it's just stuff like, like, I don't, it's just, it's easy to get caught up in that and be like, yeah, I'm the, oh, now I'm the man. Now I'm the man. Like, as you know and as you've seen, it's just, like, it's a lifetime of work. And it's just, it's not like the work stops now that you've finally played well in the NHL. It's like now you have to double down and, that's kind of been my goal this summer is just like, okay, don't take it for granted. You have to erase it. It's going to be different next time. And you just got to continue to work at it. Um, and so I just, that mindset is super hard to maintain when you got, you know, somebody's Joe Schmo's brother texting you like, you're the man. It's like, well, I'm not really the man. I'm just the same guy as it was two weeks ago. I just am playing good goalie right now. So. I'm just you know, I'm conveniently hot like right now. You won't be texting me in two weeks. 
Right, right. Yeah, like, hey, I, I didn't hear from you when I was struggling in the AHL like three months ago and I got cold in three straight starts. How come you didn't text me and send me your support then, you know? No, I'm, I'm joking, but it's like, that's, it is. It's just it's easy to get caught up in that. So I was just working hard to, to stay away from it. Did you play in the USHL when Sean Romeo did? Yep. He was, young, he was a young guy, right? goalie. Yeah, he was my partner at OSU. And I mean, he was... I don't know. I don't know to the extent that you'd go with with uh, like not replying or anything like that. But at OSU, he would literally like if you tried to get a hold of him. I think it was I think it was forty eight hours before like the Friday <laughs> night game for the weekend. You literally could not get a hold of him because oh. his phone would just be off. I mean, oh, he would, I mean, he was like the most dialed in human being I've ever met in my life with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually so. I'm like that too. Like, I really don't like. I don't like dealing. I mean, like I said, like if it's somebody that I I trust and I know that they understand the in, what's going on, like that's that's fine. But like during the season, I'm the hardest guy to get a hold of. And it was cool because Bob actually confirmed it for me big time. He is like the most dialed guy ever. He just lives his life in goalie mode, which I've never been around a guy like that before. But um, I think I think that that's where all the best guys do. They just and I love. By the way, I love Sean Romeo. I thought he was the sickest goalie ever when he was at Youngstown. He had the coolest uh, Reebok pads. I don't know if he still wore Reebok when he w- went to Ohio State, but he had. Uh, yeah, he he went Maine out of Youngstown and then Maine, uh, right, tra- right. transferred sophomore year. Uh, and obviously took a year off and then played junior, senior year. And I mean, dude, he like his junior year, he was the fucking probably best goalie in the car. Like he, he really was like a video game character. Like it was unbelievable. He, uh, yeah, he it, did really I, well. I just remember him. I remember him being very technique oriented, like a beautiful goalie to watch. Oh dude. He, yeah. He was one of those guys where it was just like, like every day it was like, okay, I'm going to, do this and I'm going to do it until I either can't do it anymore or I do it perfectly. It was like, there was no like in between. And actually it's funny right. you say that because that was like, we had a, uh, one of our like goalie consultants at OSU, like had what he was very involved with, like the blue jackets on the youth hockey side of things. But like, it was to the point where he was kind of around like the NHL team too. And it was when Bob was around, and like Romeo would always be like asking him because Bob was like Rome's is like idol. So like he literally right. wore like same chest pads, same pads, like specs, everything like that. And that was like his favorite thing is he just asked nine million questions about Bob and like talk yeah. about Bob all the time and stuff like that. But no, I've I've definitely I've what you just said, I've also obviously just from being around that, I've heard plenty of times yeah. that Bob is just the most dialed in. I heard. He, I, he is. is this? Sorry. Hey, go ahead. Go ahead. I oh, know. I really. I, I was just. I was just gonna ask. Is I heard like stories of him. Like he'd just get on the bike, like uh, a stationary bike, and it would just be like tour de France. Like he would just absolutely fucking go to town and crush himself. Is that true? Like, is he like that in shape and just that freakishly like? No, I. I, guess, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say like. There's been this crazy mystique because I had it before I was with him. Like this guy does crazy Russian stuff and like takes these, I don't know, just like everything 
obviously you hear, but he's actually a very normal guy, lives his life in a very normal fashion. One thing I will say is he has used all of his money to make sure that he does everything the right way, which I really respect about him. So like he just eats the highest quality food. Um, I think he has a chef and like a trainer that he employs pretty much all the time. Um, And obviously, you know, he makes $10 million a year. So like we'd all love to do that. Uh, But he's, he's an unbelievable guy on a human, human level. And he actually does most of the same normal things as what other guys do. Um, But the Russians also just train differently than North North Americans and Canadians and Finns or Swedes do too. Um, And they, they have a unique way kind of going, going about things, but they're just doing the same things we are. They're just kind of skinning the cat in a different way, but Bob is just a great guy. So I have a fun Bob story because he is a lot like what you described. Lai. Lion is like, uh, he, uh, the first time I'd met him, he won't, I, I doubt he'd even be able to tell you my name. If I walked in a room and be like, Hey, who's that guy? I don't think he could figure it out. But when I had to meet with <laughs> yeah. him about pants one time, he walked into the room and like, you've played a long time now. So you, you know what, like, uh, fuck it. I could just say this. It doesn't matter. Uh, like the typical Russians, right. like, right. Gucci, yeah. Prada shirt, you know, shoes, like yeah. six shoes, the ripped up weird pants that go like three quarters down your leg. Like they have all the cool <laughs> shit. They got a sick yeah. body bag on that's, you know, designer, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And I was, yeah. I didn't know what to expect with Bob. I know like everyone says he's a really good guy, whatever. He walked in with like an XL hoodie, which I couldn't identify. It almost looked like it came from like dicks. He had sweats yeah. on, but the, the icing on the fucking cake when he walked in the room, he had, I don't know what they're called. He had the fucking shoes on with the finger toes, like the individual toes yeah. per shoe. <laughs> yeah, By, yes. yeah. And I was like, there's yeah. no way this is Sergey Bobrovsky making 10. And I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. And he was, he was the nicest guy. We talked about the pants. We figured it out. And he's very, he will, I will say he's very dialed in on his gear. He's very particular. Yes. And he's yeah. always tinkering with shit. He's never not like trying to figure out a better way. I would say that is probably the one thing that he uh, is like over the top with is his gear. I've never seen as anybody with as custom of gear as he has. Like, obviously he's done all that stuff and he sends his glove to that guy in Finland. I don't know. Actually, I would love to hear more about that guy. If you know who I'm talking about, but he's everything from his skate laces to like his suspenders to the padding on the inside of his helmet is completely custom for bob and it all says bob on it but that's just how he likes it and that's what makes him feel good so it's and if you and if you got the leverage to do it honestly respect for doing it probably sucks for you but sucks for guys like like but for him yeah it can be hard to deal with but when you got a guy like that you kind of just you make shit happen um right all right al i don't want to keep you uh, too much longer but i do have one question because I think like, I didn't realize that we're almost the same age. You're 92. I'm a 93. And like, I get to live vicariously through you because I think not in that sense where I want to be a player, but like getting to see you do what you're doing and, you know, having known you for a little bit now is really cool. There's a lot of questions here. Moise brought it up <laughs> when you walked into the Boston game and you were staring into the camera and you went and played yeah. at TD garden and a sold out crowd. 
of 17,850 <laughs> people and you stole a win yeah. in the playoffs in the NHL playoffs. Like it was such an unbelievable, it was such a cool thing to see like hockey, all that aside, a kid from Bodet, Minnesota from a town with one light. Like I thought that was like, that's a story worth telling and it's so cool, but you walked into that game. So chill. So like obviously loose and just having a good time. Is, was that loose hands? Like what, how'd this all come together? I guess or run yeah, us well, through that day. The story behind the guy was I had developed just a relationship because we had been there for a few days. And so like, I knew I would, I, you know how I am. Like I just, if I'm not in super goalie mode, I'm pretty loose and I like to hang out and like screw around. Yeah. And like, I, I was just like, all right, like, what have we got to lose here? It's game two best team in the regular season history. Sorry. I'm actually shouldn't even say it like that. Cause I'm a pissed off Boston fan, but you know what I'm saying? Like, so they for had me, a really good like, record going into the playoffs. Yeah. We can say that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can say and, that it's different. Yeah. And, and so like for the cameraman, I was just like trying to make jokes with him. Like I would with you. And I honestly didn't think that I was presenting it or portraying it like that. So that was like a whole separate thing, but for the, in, in like, I'm with you. Like, it's still hard for me to kind of grasp on some level. But I, I think the biggest thing that I came away and just like looking after is like just having the belief to know that you can do it is a the most gratifying thing, but also the hardest part for sure before where it's like nobody expected anything. But at the same time, I was also so hot that people were like, dude, is this guy going to take him to the Stanley Cup final and win it? Like, okay. Like, all right, keep it realistic. So it's just like, it's hard to make. (laughs) Yeah. And, but, but it's also like, okay, should I be thinking that? I don't know. Like, where, how should I manage these expectations? How should I manage these emotions? That was extremely difficult. Um, And then, like you said, that game, I was just like, nah, screw it. I'm just going to go in and be myself, see what happens, work as hard as I can. Um, And it was, it was such a satisfying experience. And um, I wish it could have gone better for me but obviously bob i could feel i could feel that bob was kind of heating up too just like the way that he was going about practice you could see his body was feeling good and stuff um so i was expecting him to kind of get hot there and you could kind of feel that momentum coming but uh it was it was wild and and now that i'm now that i've gone through it and like and i'm on the back side of that i'm just like i don't know why that was ever such a big deal in my head is just playing hockey and TD Gardens, just like playing in Lincoln. Just once you wrap your head around it, it's just another hockey game, and that's it. I mean, I wish I had more to say about it, but it really is just as simple as that. No, I, I think you said a lot, though, and I think for listeners, like when you really pick it apart, it is what sets you apart and an athlete at your level versus an idiot like me. You know, when you walk into TD Gardens, you're able to put yourself mentally and like, okay, there might be the jitters and warmups or whatever, but it's just another game, man. It's like playing in Lincoln. It's like playing out in, uh, you know, not that you made it to the high school tournament. I think we talked about that last time, but it's like playing in Blaine. It's like playing in Minnesota. It's, it's playing yeah. anywhere. It's like playing, uh, you know, against Brown and going down to Brown and wax him in Providence. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> like yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's finding a way to like, really ground yourself and just, it's another day. Stop the puck. Right, right. And like that's, I mean, I'm just going back to Bob, I really learned a lot from him. And I think that that's what was so 
such a valuable experience about being around him is like he stays dialed all the time like that just because of that exactly he never makes anything too big in his head he has a terrible game like obviously he caught a lot of heat this year yeah he was just like "Eh, whatever it's fine and so that's just it was so interesting and cool to see that and it's like if i give up a terrible goal and it is what it is life moves on and it's happened before it's probably going to happen again but um but yeah it was great and i'm so glad that i had Vaughn to credit all of those saves with because without that gear i probably wouldn't have made any saves painter clip that painter painter clip that (laughs) clip it it. (laughs) send it out live now send it no that's awesome dude um sorry for the ricochet shot there but uh um no we're uh, the other thing is like we couldn't be happier to have watched how you played this season but i think we're we're really i mean maybe that's under downplaying it a little bit we're really fucking excited to uh to have you here and see you a little bit more and uh hopefully you can come by the factory so see how it all gets made maybe make something while you're here we'll do a little video have you make a blocker i'll teach you how to do that and uh you can put yeah. your blue collar on baby Yes, I would love that. I would love it. And I heard that Mr. Vaughn is turning 60 this week or this month. Is that right? Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah. Are you, are you, are you coming? I'm, I'm not. Di- no, I'm dialing up a video though. So oh. what should I say? Do you think? <laughs> hey man, I think, I think you're funny enough and you've, you've worked on so many secret social media projects. You, I think you're going to come up to something. <laughs> no. All right. All right, yeah, we won't have we'll get further into that, but yeah, that sounds good. I'll uh, if you need ideas, I'll fire you up. Um, you guys got anything else for the kid? Thank you, sir. That's all. That's all yeah, I got. Thank you, guys. Thanks, nice Al. We appreciate it, buddy. Good luck this year. I'll see you soon. And uh, if you need anything, call Berkey, not me. All right. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. <laughs> all right thanks, buddy. I'll see you. <laughs>